Since the dawn of time, man has reached to obtain that which seemingly lies just beyond his grasp. Reason, enlightenment, understanding. It is said that the game of basketball can provide this fulfillment, but only to those who devote themselves to its principles, to a higher purpose, to end smart basketball. NBA Finals are here. We're, we're recording this during game one of the NBA Finals. And I believe we've been uh, we've all been watching it, especially especially Bob. This is the first full game you're taking in, Bob, this season. Uh, more or less, yeah, actually. Um, yeah, I was a little I was a little surprised. Yeah, I, I tuned in about five minutes after tip, so it's not a full game, but pretty close, pretty close here. Okay, and I, I love. I mean, you guys both have really good generally biased, strangely, you know, re- re- uh, recency bias takes uh, in, you know, when we're watching games. <laughs> you, you had a pretty good one about Kawhi um, and, and the pace of the game, Bob? I did. I had a great take on Kawhi um, and the pace, and that was that the game is too fast for Kawhi. He's kind, of a, he's kind of a stationary player. I mean, obviously he's extremely athletic, and he's got 12 points now with a quarter and a half left to play, so he could end up with 30 points. But early on, it was just too fast for him. Ed, you've been watching the game, right? <laughs> um, up until, like, the last 15 minutes, yes. Okay, so basically you watch the first half. Yeah, yeah. And I really just enjoy Bob getting this hot take on the first, what, eight to ten minutes of game action in the first game of the NBA Finals as to the guy who... Probably has been the best player in the playoffs overall. Has there been a better player in the playoffs than Kawhi has been? No, I'm just I'm just, I'm not I wasn't arguing that. I was just arguing that as the pace was going, he couldn't get into his flow. Joel agreed with me for the record. I think it's I valid. Think... I mean, if you were, if you were watching the game, Ed, he he was kind of absent. Like he wasn't. He was in a couple factor, possessions yeah. where he had the ball and, and took shots, but. <laughs> Okay, and, and, okay, and, another another interesting thing about this. And this is some serious deep basketball talk, which is kind of weird for for you long time listeners. You'll notice we don't usually talk you know talk basketball, but um, uh, he you know, Kawhi was uh, I think some of the pregame talk that I was was hearing. You know who is he going to match up with on uh, you know as a defensive uh, on the defensive side? Was he going to match up with with Steph? Was he going to play Clay? And I and I realize that it's kind of silly to even go that that route because it's it's quite often where the game is, is again this is to Bob's point the game's going fast enough where there's not really a a, a matchup you know the the half court game kind of isn't existent in a game like this um, but I I, th- I think it's interesting that he's again kind of absent. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were talking about Boogie, because Boogie Boogie came in and he was also kind of uh, too slow for the game. But the game yeah, that's have, that's a good another. You know, I, the game doesn't have to be particularly fast for it to be too fast for Boogie, because that man he looked, he's, cannot yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a shell of, of his former self. I think that's pretty clear. Even though there were people, uh, you know, mid-season when he started playing, uh, off coming off an injury, were like, "Whoa, Boogie's back! Boogie's here! He's flying around!" But man, he just, just really is not that at all. I've I've not seen that this year. Mm-hmm. So it made me think. Of course, this couldn't play out this way playing against Golden State because it would have been. I guess if we could have imagined what the Western Conference Finals would have looked like. But Zach, did you catch any games with the Nuggets versus the Warriors? I think I caught maybe one of them this year, and it just seems like the type of game that the Warriors want to play versus the type of player that Jokic is. Does that that compute. also might not suit. It does not compute. Does not match his um, style of play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty clearly. Well, you know, I don't know. I think I think Jokic is. You know, I don't. I, I like how you, Ed. You know, redirected this into a Nuggets podcast somehow. I give you some, yeah. some some kudos there. I was I was really expecting that, so that's cool. But um, I mean, yeah, if Jokic were, I think he's actually deceptively not as slow as you think he is. I mean, he's slow, but he's his his slowness doesn't dictate the pace of the game. He just sort of exists within the game at his own pace. Like I think that the game, 
the game exists around him and he can he can sort of wrap himself in a bubble and, and he can look slow, but the game is still fast around him. So I, I don't really think there's really a lot of uh, you know, value boogie. in trying to Yeah. It's just boogie. You've got a you've got a guy that is as big as he is who looked like he housed about like four PB and J sandwiches before the game <laughs> shooting. I the first shot that I saw him take was a mid range. I don't even know if we call it mid range. It was barely like three steps in from the three point line. Uh, jumper that doesn't seem like that's an optimal offensive possession for the Warriors when Boogie's doing that while he's in. Right. Well, that is in your your local rec league games, but probably not in this one. Go ahead, Bob. I felt like uh, Boogie might be helpful in this game because the Warriors really look like they could use some offense, but he just he's such a liability on defense that you you really can't play him basically. So. Uh, I guess in terms of my my Kawhi take, I I guess I can't argue if he looks slow to start the game, but I also think um, he's going to find his way. <laughs> um, he looked like definitely the best player when they were playing the Bucks um, the last series. Like Giannis, can we can we talk about that series a little bit about how much did did the whole series get into Giannis's head that his lack of free throw shooting kept him from, I think, driving to the basket more or at least driving harder because I think he was afraid about getting fouled and missing free throws. Well, let me first answer your question, Ed. Yeah, we, we can definitely talk about that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think I think yeah, Giannis was uh, absolutely bothered by the uh, outstanding defense of Kawhi. Is that, your, is that your position there? Yeah, and I think it was okay. pretty glaring. I think it was pretty glaring. I guess I want to discuss it more like um, – I like the idea of the really good NBA players pick, picking one thing to work on each offseason to get better. And I feel like Giannis might have a couple of things. And that's crazy to say because he's going to win MVP. And you can't really argue with what he did this year. But it seemed like as the series went on, it was really... I don't want to say he wasn't a liability because he opened up so much for everybody. But like the lack of any jumper or making free throws really killed the Bucks. Okay, so that's a thing NBA players... Take take all their off season and focus on one thing. Is that what you're saying? I'm not, I'm not familiar just, with this. Sorry. I I always thought it was either. I thought Kobe said this that every off season, you want to pick one thing that you need to fix and you really work hard at it. And so that that's how you keep like the discussion was always with LeBron, of what could LeBron do and how big he is and actually developing a post game. And then all of a sudden, I think I don't know if it was when he was with Miami. That then he basically became like a faster, better shooting power like Carl Malone, um, because he actually developed a post game. So that's what I was going with. I mean, Ed, if you could imagine, what if you had an off season as an, as a lawyer? What would you do in your off season to make your game better? <laughs> as a lawyer, <laughs> um, um, I'd probably read like 200 um, appellate decisions that somehow impacted really? the area of law that I worked on. Yeah. You, okay, you would actually, like, hey, let, let's say your, your your legal season lasted from November. Oh, no, let's include preseason, like October. You put me on the until, shelf as a lawyer? Yeah, this okay. This is a great concept. <laughs> I like from October it. Like until uh, yeah. May. So you've got, yeah. what, between June and, and, and September, you've got a good three to four months. You're going to read about appellate decisions? Yeah, yeah see, because then I yeah, think, go ahead, Bob. I think Ed is also going to, uh, you know, practice in front of a mirror for like a couple hours every day, arguing. That's what I would do if I were. Yeah, there, there's a I lot gotta of sharpen up those public speaking speaking skills. Yeah. Not that you're bad yeah. at that, but why not like make it even better? What what people don't realize, actually, what I would do. You guys brought up a good point. Instead of reading the appellate decisions, I would do a lot of classes on the rules of evidence. You guys watch like lawyers on TV and they're all objecting and they're all in court and they're mm-hmm. yelling all that. It's if you're not in the courtroom a ton, like there's a lot of different exceptions and rules regarding hearsay and crap that I don't have to deal with that I need to really brush up on before I go to court. So I probably actually deal with that because that's how you can really out lawyer somebody is if you master everything regarding evidence and objections that you can make to throw another lawyer off their game. So that would be my final answer. Ed, can I ask a question? Why is it that, Yes. you know, in basketball, there's a referee who's kind of like keeping people, you know, in the confines of the game. 
But in a courtroom, I feel like the judge should be the referee. Like, why, why do lawyers have to call objections? It's kind of like you're calling your own fouls, right? I don't, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> well, that. You're calling, yeah, but, but the judge is the one that rules on it. So the judge either stays the objection or, or overrules it. Well, so there's still the judge. Yeah, but shouldn't the judge be like, no, objection, you can't do that. That's, that, that's a foul, you know? Yeah. Why, why, isn't yeah. the, why isn't the judge doing his part? <laughs> because the judge is not supposed to advocate for one side. <laughs> Neither is a referee, but he's still going to call a foul if it's a, a blatant foul. Well, I mean, the judge the judge will yell at an attorney if they're being jerks in the courtroom. That definitely happens a lot. But in yeah. terms of like technical rules uh, of evidence, that would be like saying that a referee should yell at an offensive lineman for missing a block. Like, they're not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but what if they did? What if they did? <laughs> why don't be... they? Like, why, why, what's, what's, uh, wouldn't that be actually like a positive <laughs> step in the right direction? So you've basically got coaches out on the field, but they coach for both teams? Yeah. yeah like Little League that Baseball. Seems, that, that seems ripe <laughs> for abuse. Like, what was his name? Tim Donaghy or whatever? I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about uh, being able to uh, influence a game. I don't know. Well, I mean, you might call it abuse, but we could—not uh, we, but the—you uh, the, know—maybe these these proceedings could be televised in a way that there would be, you know, like sporting events. I mean, the last time that we all watched uh, a, a trial on TV would have been what the, the OJ trial. Yeah. How long ago was um, that? Twenty years. Yeah. Twenty-five years. So if, yeah, no, was there was 20... the one with that. Mo- there was the one with that mom with her kids. What? Huh? Recently, within the last five or six years. No. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe Not... you watched it, Ed, but like most people didn't watch that. Okay. Let me let me go back to Giannis. I feel like I feel like the Bucks' problem was that they didn't have a guy who was kind of like. Uh, I mean, the guy who comes to mind is Draymond, like somebody who's kind of like the soul of the team, who's gonna start fights if needed. They don't. They didn't have a guy like that. So when when Giannis was getting. Brooke uh, Lopez. Yeah, he did not fill that role. Um, when Giannis was getting, when people were getting in Giannis's head, there was nobody to, you know, even the playing field, so to speak. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I just like to say that Brooke Lopez, um, pump faking at the three point line, which is a credit to him because of how at least pretty good he shot from the three this year, you know, that he's able to pump fake and get people up in the air. And like then a pump fake. A pump fake drive from Brooke Lopez. It takes a solid three seconds to get to the rim. Is really enjoyable to me. That was their best offense at some points. Isn't that? Isn't that like almost every big man in the NBA now? Like, you know, Marc Gasol has adjusted his game to be basically the same thing what Brooke Lopez is doing. Their their pump fake. Well, they're taking threes obviously, but that allows them to also pump fake on threes and then make those awkward drives to the basket. I don't yeah. think it's just yeah. a Brooke Lopez I, thing. No, no, no. I'm just saying that he's really slow when he does it. That's what that's <laughs> Rock, makes I mean, me happy. Mark Gasol, they all look the same. I mean, it's a good point, Ed. I'm not saying you're, you're making a bad point here. I want to give you credit. Great point. But, no, I mean, he. Uh, it's, it's, it's a thing that's happening across the league. It's, you know, I think not every player, not every team has a one of these guys, but you've got a, a Brooke Lopez, the, the Mark Gasol. I mean, who else is out there? There's, um, who do the, um, I'm trying to think of the, Al Horford? Doesn't he kind of fall in that category? He's not white, but. He's a mid-range, I feel like. I mean, he shoots threes, but he's a little bit more athletic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, because uh, he's black, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, <laughs> speaking of Milwaukee, I want to I wanna touch on... Uh, I want to touch on the, 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 the super fan that was highlighted on social media... Uh, last week, I guess this is going back four days now. Nav, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Nav Batia Basha, um, the guy who uh, uh, he's got the big turban on his head. They even uh, he, if you're watching the game right now, he's on the right hand side of the court, behind beneath the basket. Uh, they've already showed him on a free throw, you know, waving his towel like a maniac. He's a super fan. Um, but what I don't really think is is uh, is really that exciting about the guy. And there, in fact, I'm watching the game right now. There he was. So, anyways. Um, he's, his, his claim to fame is he, uh, was, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of money. He was an immigrant, I think, in the, in the eighties or nineties and, and sold cars to, in a, in a bad neighborhood apparently. And that, that somehow makes him a, a good guy. 
I mean, what, 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 what am I missing here? Am I supposed to like guys who sell cars? Yeah, he took he took advantage of uh, other poor people to to further himself, and that's that's the uh, Canadian dream, apparently. It's the Canadian way, right? Yeah. It makes me, you know, I've always had this this high regard for the Canadian, you know, way of doing things, and I and I see this happen, and I just, you know, I don't care who this guy is, you know, whether he's an immigrant, an immigrant or not, I just. Uh, Kind of conf- I mean, do, do you guys have any opinion on this, or am I just going to talk to myself? I, I, mean, I, I mean, do we I'm know not, anything about this guy that we can judge him in any way? I, I'm not racist, <laughs> but... That's a joke. Is that what you're saying, Bob? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think there's a real... I mean, his the fact that he's... Uh, I'm going to guess he's in Indian, I suppose. Wow. Doesn't matter. I mean, whatever. I mean, he he's an immigrant. He's an immigrant from who uh, from wherever. Came to Canada in the eighties. Sorry, went to Canada in the eighties, and sold cars. I mean, cool. But good here, story. Who? I mean, like, I don't think. I, Bob is saying something about selling cars to poor people, and then I hear the Canadian way. I mean, I feel like we're <laughs> jumping to a lot of conclusions here. <laughs> what? What what I found disturbing was like um, I think who are, one of you guys shared it where it was just like a straight I commented on this it was like a straight drive by in Milwaukee like I'm looking at you Milwaukee like hey what did what did Milwaukee so do that's on? the that's the other other point of this is that someone retweeted this and was like or uh, as a part of this thread here was oh, like yeah, right. yeah what's up Milwaukee you don't have enough black people or enough colored people or something I don't even know what the point was like I mean it was just it seemed. Like if you're trying to get your point across to the Bucks and the Bucks fans, like I don't know what <laughs> what they're supposed to do. Well, the other thing too is in Milwaukee about like a third of the size of Toronto. It might be, but it is really it is really bad though. I think for what I remember from like a um, well, like a segregation standpoint. Uh, yeah, in terms I think it's of, like one of where people live. Top. Yeah. yeah, like it might be number eight, but still, like, why, why bring that up as part of a super fan in a basketball um, series? Like, I don't, I don't think, yeah. Anyways, that's that's all my take on. It. I just thought it was absurd. Uh, yeah, that was the reason why I thought it was interesting. Uh, we 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 can move on though. How is this game um, only four points? I feel like Toronto should be up by like twenty five. Golden State has not played well. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what what made this team so unstoppable before they had Durant, and they obviously looked very good against Portland. But like this team currently, they look pretty average. Yeah, they... three quarters doesn't look quite as as formidable as as they did you know before even before the Durant uh, transaction. You know, no, kind of yeah, yeah. To your point, Bob, I mean, but it's obviously three quarters. Well, it's interesting because. Golden State, I think, has probably. I mean, there's Kawhi, who might, who probably is the best all-around player in the series. I mean, obviously, Steph might beg to differ, but after Kawhi, then you've got like Steph, or Clay, Durant. Yeah. Durant. Well, I mean, if Durant plays, um, yeah. in Boogie, like Golden State has like the next probably three to four best players, but after that, they really got. Nothing. Then you know Toronto's got the next like six or seven or eight best players. So it's kind of a weird, weird series, weird matchup. I get really annoyed in the in the Bucks Raptors series, and I'm obviously going to gripe about because I wanted the Bucks to make it to the finals. But like, I don't even know who these guys were. Like Fred Van Vliet and Vliet is it Vliet with a V or is it with an F? And, he played uh, for this, uh, Wichita State, Powell, Ed. These guys hitting threes all the time. I was really getting annoyed by it. UCLA, Powell, UCLA. I mean, these were Correct. major college stars, Ed. I mean, I mean, what's new, though, Ed? I mean, unless you're like a hardcore NBA fan, you're not going to know the fringe players. Well, the pro- the fact that there are fringe players making all these big shots against the Bucks is what annoyed me. What, did you expect That's Kawhi just me speaking all, as a Milwaukee fan. All 104 points? Yes. That's I don't know what, what you're saying there. That's what I thought. So, you know, we let's let's go back to last season when when the the, the Celtics and um, 
I'm drawing a blank on the head coach's name. Who is the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Thank you. I'm not sure why I drew a blank there. Anyways, everybody's loving you know, Brad Stevens, best coach ever, right? I mean, you know, maybe besides Popovich. And um, I guess that wagon might have slowed down a little bit since they, they tapered off in the playoffs this year. But but I'm wondering why we're not hearing more about Nick Nurse as, as being a great coach. Why, why is that not being tossed around as the, the narrative? Because he looks like Drew Carey's younger brother. No? Did you make it up yourself, or is that something you saw on Twitter? Or maybe it was on Reddit? I I think it was on Twitter, but I agreed with it. Okay. I hadn't heard that one, but I suppose he looks like Drew Carey's younger brother. Um, No, but I I agree, though. Like, it seemed like... The, the idea was every time that Giannis drive, he had a wall of like three Raptors right there. And it kind of helps when you have, I didn't, Zach, didn't we talk about this on the podcast, Pascal Siakam of how good he was and you were comparing him to, who did you compare him with at the time? Was it the guy from the Nuggets, um, Monte Morris? No. I feel like you were, I feel like you were comparing um, like breakout like players that were doing well. Yeah, but, I, I remember that discussion. I couldn't tell you who I was rep- uh, comparing him to, but um, he's obviously but really was, good defensively. He's he's a potential, you know, long long time uh, first team all all defense in the NBA. Oh, it was most improved. It, you were we were talking about most improved uh, player, and we that's going and, back pretty far, yeah. But I was impressed by him. So if you got a guy like him, where if you can just play Giannis like he did and then get anything on the offensive end and he would get some buckets combined with their wall there. And where the hell did Chris Middleton go half the series? You know, he felt like he kind of disappeared. I think Bob commented on that kind of a recipe, but I was impressed. Like you could tell that they shifted and they just, you know, won four games in a row. I mean, that's good coaching. Would you, would you consider Mike Malone a good coach, Zach? I'm pretty sure we've <laughs> talked about this before, but maybe, maybe we haven't on the on the pot. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what value he brings to the table. He's a. He, I mean, I, I don't know if the, if the players like him, and I guess that's that's definitely a factor. But I don't know why the players would like him because anytime I hear him talk, I just don't really think he. He says anything of of note. It's just sort of, coach speak, and. He goes to he goes to visit his players in the off season. He spends time with them. That's why they like him. He went to Serbia yeah. and saw Jokic's um, horse farm. Maybe that's standard these days. Does, does, doesn't Popovich do those that kind of thing? Do you think Popovich was going to visit Manu? I would. I'd like him. to see that. Can, Pop can walking talk, around. Where Argentina? Can we talk about Rick Pitino calling uh, fans in Greece self-centered and selfish for smoking at? His basketball games? Yeah, I, I'd love to talk Patino. I didn't know that there was Patino news. Give us the give us the latest, Bob. So apparently in Greece, it's uh, it's common to light up during a during a basketball game. It's so great. Like I, and I could al- totally see that. They also shoot flares, like like road flares, at a basketball game and. Uh, it's kind of violent, apparently, and so uh, he, uh, Patino, kind of went off with some sound bites about how uh, how ridiculous it is that this is going on. Ten thousand people are smoking, and the players are choking. Sooner or later, you've got to say, "Hey, man, we're at an athletic event, and I'm going to discipline myself, and we'll wait until halftime, and I'm going to go out and blow my brains out with cigarettes." That's your option. This video is great. It's, it, it looks like there's a there's like like four fires going on at once. No, six right. fires. It looks like there's six fires currently happening at this 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 there's pregame. Like bonfires in the stands, possibly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very cool. I actually think that's a. Who would I mean, want to go to a game and enjoy that atmosphere? I mean, there's a reason why I'm sure they they sell these games out and right pay exactly. for salary. Right, so it's just I think I think it's kind of funny to have like the kind of sanitized American coach going over and in, in, uh, you know <laughs> waxing poetic about what 
what it should be like. That environment should be like. That's interesting. Is, I don't. Is Patino sanitized? Oh well, I think the garlic did it right. That's like. Well, yeah, you forgot to mention that he was annoyed that everybody brings garlic with them to the games, and he really didn't like that. <laughs> Along with crucifixes, holy water. <laughs> Zach wants to kill himself right now. Zach just Zach just lit up a cigarette for our listeners. He's smoking. I I apologize for nothing. <laughs> Of course you don't. Um, Go ahead, Zach. Another thing we've been uh, kind of musing about, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I really, really, I think the, uh, would would like to talk more more women's basketball. I actually find that uh, to be an interesting conversation piece. Um, if if only because you know it's it's kind of curious to me is there's there's a lot of of. Uh, you know, people have opinions as to you know why why the women's game isn't isn't worth watching or, or whatever else. I mean, Ed, I think you made some comments offline about how they, if you want to watch good passing and, and back cuts, then you watch and you watch women's basketball. But I kind of would make the same statement about you know that that's what college basketball is. I don't know. I'm not really sure if I can. There's a lot about college basketball that kind of reminds me about what Ed sort of described as the women's game. Um, so I'm not sure if that's valid, but I mean, Ed, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you think about the women's game? Like, where, where do you, well, I'd like to share with our listeners. And I guess, um, I don't, I don't know if I shared on the pod that I was the, um, student assistant coach slash manager slash, um, I don't know what you would call it. Um, practice player with the St. Norbert college division three women's basketball team. <laughs> um, and uh, I enjoyed playing. They had like a six foot four girl, and then they had a couple girls that were like six one or six two that they just wanted somebody bigger and athletic to go against. But they would definitely elbow you. Um, I fell over a bunch of times playing, <laughs> um, getting hit by them. Not afraid to box me out. Maybe when I jump up for a rebound, maybe illegally, like boxing me out in midair. But um, I enjoy watching the game, and it's just different. Like, I don't know that my point's invalid, Zach. I think it's just like you see more of it in college basketball for men's. But if you watch the college men's game versus the college women's game, it's still a big difference. Oh, sure. For the most, sure, sure. For the most part. Like, I don't know. It's you, interesting, you know, though. I, I was watching a little bit of the WNBA the other night. and, and I, Sorry, I was just watching highlights. I can't claim to sit. I, did, I was watching it live, but I watched some highlights. And, and you can actually pull up on, uh, I don't know where I was watching this at, on maybe YouTube or ESPN. I watched basically what amounted to highlights, but they played every possession. They condensed it into about a 15-minute clip, so you didn't have to watch you know breaks in the action or commercials. And anyways, my, my point here is that you well, the game looked a lot like the men's men's game in, 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 the, in the NBA, where it was just a bunch of bad jump shots. You know, yeah. Maybe like mid-2000s. Right. Um game and I, I just you know there were some interesting players um I, I think it was this was over a week ago so I've already forgotten the, the, the who I think it was Atlanta and the, uh no sorry Seattle and Phoenix were playing and there was a player uh, I I should have taken a note about this but the player was actually she's like six four six five she looked like she was Durant out there because she was so so you know tall and lanky she was actually pretty fun to watch I was I was kind of impressed um, but the point of this is that, like, I feel like that the reason why we watch the NBA, and we kind of touched on this a few weeks, a few days ago in the uh, in the chat, was the, you know, sp- at least I, in, in my mind, um, sports are kind of like a freak show. They're like a circus. You go to the, you know, it's like like a sideshow act. Um, you you know, we're more gravitate. We, we gravitate towards things that are more just kind of weird and different and and amazing. And I feel like the NBA has sort of struck that chord with, with at least my uh with my um interest and we kind of agreed on that and i i wonder if and maybe that's why the women's game isn't as 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 likable uh to most because it's just not as freaky sure i i mean i think that's right i think and then even, i think what you're maybe saying or this is what i would say is that the nba has got so many freakish athletes but um why so many people say I don't watch the NBA until the playoffs is that they kind of channel that into at least better basketball than what a lot of times you see in the regular season. So I think I'd agree, especially where the NBA has the right balance from, from the playoffs. 
Um, it's kind of like though, like, would you rather watch the NFL or would you rather, I hate to call it this, like if you, or would you rather watch high school football? Like there's still similar plays, um, and positions and all that, but it's just a different level in terms of athletic achievements. And I, there's, could say you maybe not as wide of a gap between the NBA and the WNBA, but that's probably what the difference is. Like people would rather watch not, well, dunks and alley-oops. Not as wide of a gap from the NBA to the WNBA. I'd like to dive into that statement a little bit more. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, yeah. what I'm trying to get at here, um, not sure what that noise is, but um, what I'm oh, trying to get Tony. at here is like I... Oh, it is Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Start recording. Are you recording, Tony? Oh. We're not going to talk until you confirm that you're recording, Tony. He froze. Froze up. Alright, so, uh, so, I mean, Ed, 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 I think this is the crux of, of the, uh, WNBA argument, is, is, like, what level of basketball is comparable to the WNBA on the men's side? Um, so you're saying if you went NBA... To WNBA is equivalent of NBA to which other level of men's basketball? Correct. Boy, like D three men's basketball. Okay. I think because I feel like if you went D two or D one, those are scholarship athletes that have probably there's a difference in athletic talent there. And nothing against women that are very athletic. It's just a different level of um, what they do versus what I would consider probably most, I don't know, other athletes can do. That would be my guess. WNBA to NBA is the same as NBA to D3 men's basketball. That's my answer. Yeah, so I think think that's about right. I think the other thing for me is that the, the way that the games are played and, like, officiated... Are totally different. So, if you put a like D three men's basketball team against a WNBA team that D and they had and they played by quote unquote WNBA rules, that D three men's team would probably all fall out in the first half. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot more contact in that regard that they let go in the men's side. So I think the WNBA. Is actually probably a, a pure form of basketball as it was invented. But that's not what people want to see. They want to see a freak show. That's a pretty... Uh, I, I don't think I've heard that, that opinion before, Bob, about how the refereeing or officiating in the women's game is, is different. I hadn't really... Did you invent that? I did. It's, it's a, okay. It's I mean, how much women's game do you watch? I didn't really... I thought you, you didn't really watch the women's game very much. I'm just I'm just saying if they're if they're playing against men, the men are far more physical and you know like hand checking and bodying and all that stuff. It's more like you know the college game is a lot more physical, um, and they get away with more things, so to speak. You know the lanes more clogged, etc. Than the NBA, and I think it's kind of similar to, to the uh, WNBA. Okay. What's the score of this game, by the way? Because I don't have it up right now. Oh, Boogie just ran somebody over. Yeah, all right. 96-87. Who's up? T-Rats. Raptors are up nine. Okay. <sighs> Did we have anything else that we wanted? I thought we were... Was there anything else we were saving for the pod? I can't remember if we... There is, but we were at the 35-minute mark, and I'm not sure how much more I want to edit out, and I'd like to, I guess, watch the rest of this game, so... The only thing I'd just like to share, just uh, without context, was Zach saying, fuck Gatorade, um, like, 30... <laughs> like, 40... Like, 45 minutes ago. Zach has strong opinions. Zach, what... 
are you really just opposed to Gatorade, or were you just making more of a statement of, like, drink more water? Well, I mean, I, I don't really... I mean, this is just my personal experience with Gatorade. I used to love Gatorade when I was a kid, but I didn't really drink it for, for uh, athletic uh, recovery. It was more of a, you know, a sugary drink, because that's what it is. It tastes good. Um, but as an adult, I don't really enjoy it anymore. It doesn't make me feel any better than if I didn't drink Gatorade, and it's just uh, expensive sugary water that I could as I think Sean proved make make himself. But I guess I guess that's fine, but my my question is what has Gatorade done to you that you'd say fuck Gatorade as opposed to just saying I don't enjoy it, I'd prefer not to buy it. Uh, does does it have to assault me? Can I just not like it? <laughs> sure, you can just not like it, but I, <laughs> uh, anyways, I enjoyed the I enjoyed Okay. Uh, it was it was on brand for you, Zach, so I enjoyed it. Good deal. Tony's here. Uh, Tony, are you recording? Uh, right now. So timestamp it on your phones. Tony! Oh, my phone has been timestamped. Tony, welcome. You missed <laughs> Tony, a, we were just rousing... wrapping up. Yeah, I mean, but if, you're, if you're joining Tony, we're going to keep going here. We're not going to stop talking. Are you watching the game, Tony? I am, yeah. Are you watching yeah. on, on, uh, on like a DVR? Is it Live. Live. ABC when's, network. When's TV? the last time that you DVR'd a game and watched it? Um, I I don't have a DVR, so never. You've never owned a DVR or a VCR in your whole life. Uh, VCR, yeah, is it? I guess it's like the DVR is the digital equivalent of a VCR recording. I feel like um, you used to record yeah. games all the time, Tony. No. Yeah, like, back in the yeah. early '90s, I would probably record like the Sonics. Super Sonics right. and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I know that Joel still, uh, when he's like playing volleyball or something, he'll uh, record the games and like go on radio silence until he can can watch it. Which is just, I don't, I don't have the patience. I I respect it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Tony. The, yes. So the question that I had to answer before was, um, what is the if you go from the NBA to the WNBA, what is the equivalent if you go de- NBA to, like, another men's basketball? And, and I would say collegiate level, but whatever you want to call it. It could be high school if you think it's high school. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Um, hmm. <laughs> like, in terms of just, like, level of play, skill level, like what's stuff the, like that? What's the gap between... NBA and WA and NBA and a, uh, other men's basketball. Yeah, you know what I th- you know what I think is a decent comp would be like like hmm I, I want to say this and not have it be insulting like so. What, <laughs> Are you gonna say NAIA? <laughs> no, I was gonna so say like. So basically, this is gonna be an insult. Go ahead. No, like I'm not racist, but like players uh, that are maybe maybe like former players that like playing like high level like whatever pickup or whatever because it's like the athleticism well, is depleted a little bit but like okay. maybe they get a little cagier because the athleticism has depleted so they find other ways to like is this wally weekend yeah. like the a-league and wally weekend <laughs> <laughs> no tony's talking about like what's that league right now that ice cube runs is it is it a three-on-three league is it Big Three or whatever? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Big Three. You're talking about like Big Three versus NBA. Maybe something like that. That's... Although I think those guys are probably still trying to be athletic, right? Yeah. Tony, my answer was D3 men's basketball. <laughs> hey, do we have hey. a lot of lady listeners to this pod? <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the way to more listeners is more misogyny. So go nuts, Tony. Hey man, I don't know. I'm not. I can't. I I can't do that. I can't. Okay. Wait, Bob's obviously joking, but I think what I, what what I was actually going to try and add on earlier to to this is if if you're watching college basketball, that's already a, a step below what what many would call the the premium content. The premium entertainment is going to be in the the NBA. So if you're already taking a, a compromise to watch men's college basketball, why not just take it a step further and watch? any level of lower basketball, as long as it's compelling. I think there's a compelling reason to watch college basketball because you've got 
you know, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the pageantry, Bob, you've got the NCAA I, tournament. I guess, no, you took I, the word, you took the word off the tip of my tongue, Zach, the pageantry. It's, it's one of your favorite words that you've, I think, uh, that you've used in your life is, is that word, but, but you've got that and it's, and, and I guess the NCAA tournament is kind of what college basketball is all about. Um, so if, if, if somehow it really just a matter of marketing and, 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 ingenuity for somebody to come up with a, uh, the equivalent for the women's game, whether it's at the pro level or the college level or the high school level. Heck, it could be grade school level. I don't care. As long as it's compelling, we're well, going to watch it. So, isn't, isn't women's college basketball more watched than the WNBA? Isn't that like not even that close? I think they. I think it is. It's, well, it's yeah. interesting. I actually was looking up attendance numbers. The the WNBA actually draws fairly well. I mean, they, they draw four, five, 6,000 fans, which it's not obviously – as much as the NBA, but it's it's a pretty good amount of people. Well, you've got more of the history and the school history and the rooting interest for college basketball than you do for the WNBA. So you've got all the alum and everything that will pull for their team. Um, I will say that in terms of the pageantry at any level of college basketball, I have been the only time that St. Norbert College, the gymnasium was packed, was when Grinnell came to town. And that was when Grinnell was on, uh, everybody was excited because they had been on ESPN2 before where they were jacking up like 60, 60 to 70 threes a game. But you're talking about the men's game. I'm talking about the men's game, yes. Okay, so yeah, so exactly. If there's a compelling reason to watch D3 yeah. basketball, people will watch it. So I, I don't really I don't yeah. really buy into the, the whole thing of, of, of the, the, the skill level is why you watch. And, and some would argue that college basketball is more exciting than the NBA. And, and, but, and the skill level is obviously higher, so... It really, to me, has Zach, nothing to do with but, skill level. It's about... <clears throat> you're answering your own question about the attendance numbers for the WNBA versus attendance numbers for an NBA game. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't care about the WNBA's attendance figures. That's just, I'm just saying that they actually draw more than you think. They're not like, there's not, you know, I think some people would say, oh, who goes to, the, to watch the WNBA? And there's actually more than you'd think. I was surprised by how many people attend those games. Um, but the bottom line is I feel like if they were the, amount, the right amount of creativity uh, brought to the presentation of the game um, it would be more of a popular sport um, here, here. hey look there's Hubie Brown here, here. So, hey you must be on a delay uh, I am Z- Zach are you uh, I mean this and there's nothing wrong with it but this is two pods in a row where it's kind of heavy on WNBA are you a like a season ticket holder or something or like just a fan. I in would. General? I'd want to be if they had a. If they had a, a. He team actually owns the team. He owns the Phoenix team. The Mercury. That's right. <laughs> um, actually, in Minnesota, the women's Zach basketball is so unabused. God, is In Minnesota, WNBA is reasonably popular. The Lynx have been good for several years, and isn't Lindsey Whalen coaching? Games. Isn't Lindsay she, now, she was a player. Now she coaches the U of M basketball. That's right. That's right. I saw that. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys brought up coaching. I, I'm actually surprised that a guy like Patino wouldn't maybe like dabble in the in the in the, in the WNBA because what's the difference between coaching and in, in, in Rick Patino? <laughs> this guy had guy, sex with a booster on the, the floor of a restaurant. Over somebody in a Italian <laughs> restaurant and got fired. Wait a minute. Well, hold on. Hold on. Wait. You're saying because the man has sexual intercourse, he's not qualified to coach a women's team? I'm pretty sure if it's an extramarital affair that got him fired from his men's job, that that would not qualify him for a women's job. I'm pretty safe. Why would it qualify him for a men's job? Like, what's the difference between coaching he and a men's job? He got fired from a men's job. But, but okay, but why would he – he's also been rehired for a he's men's now, job. He's coaching in a place where they shoot road flares in the arena during the game. <laughs> yes. He's not exactly still thriving, Zachary. <laughs> he's getting paid more than I am. <laughs> Do you think um, maybe if he were coaching in the women's game, would there be some concern about sexual relations with his players? Is that that's what I'm wondering? Are you guys insinuating I mean, that that he would I, I cross think, the line? The man, I don't think they even want to worry. Have to worry about it. No, he would not get a job. The man exudes sexuality. How could how could that not happen? Would we go so far <laughs> as to say that Rick Pitino is a sexual predator? Yes. He's a predator after dark. 
I guess the point I'm trying to make is you don't you don't you don't see like when was the last time a coach crossed over from the men's to the women's game? So in my mind, they're they are. They, I think to Bob's point, they are basically totally different sports. Yeah. Didn't Gino do that? No, he would field a lot of questions about it and how he had no interest in coaching the men's game. I thought maybe he started way off the beginning. Maybe. I mean, maybe he coached like a middle 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 school team somewhere and then managed to, to parlay that into a women's game uh, coach. There you go, Bob. You guys, hey, we got two middle school coaches here. That guy yeah. is the worst. But, I mean, does anyone like Gino Ariama? I mean, really? Comes off pretty arrogant. Um, I think, isn't he, like, considered a pretty strong, like, ambassador for the women's game because he kind of has an attitude about... You know, I don't think you know, you know what I mean. I don't think so. I don't think anyone respects that guy. Well, <laughs> Zach, you can't. Zach, you can't make that face when you've invited all of this women's basketball talk. You can't do I it. I just don't know. I honestly don't. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, maybe there's a, a a soul out there who who appreciates the presence of of. G- I don't even know his last name. What's his last name? Gino. Or you know his last name. Okay. I, anyways, I, I have no opinion on, on the guy. I don't... Uh... Guys, guys, should we talk about uh, horses dying at Santa Anita? Should, we, should that be hey, a discussion? Actually, nope. I wanted to know about that. Like, what's what's the deal with that? So it's a training center, and like 30 horses have died this year or something like that? It's a racetrack. Um, it's like Canterbury Park, Tony. Okay. To to uh, compare, uh, except it's it's the probably like the second most famous track in America, maybe third or fourth, uh, behind like Churchill Downs, no. Belmont Park, yeah. Saratoga Springs. But Santa Anita is uh, it's a big deal, so they've been racing there, and it, it rained a lot. That was probably a factor. Um, so I mean, you know, honestly, I think in a typical year, there'd probably be like. 15 to 20 horses that have died by this point. And so that sounds so bad. It's 26. Just, that alone just still sounds terrible. Just by the fact that the track gets raced a lot and like the sheer frequency of in like races of horses breaking a leg and stuff. Like we, obviously we yeah. only see like the Belmont and the big ones where once every like five, six, seven years, maybe a horse breaks a leg. And it just mm-hmm. happens that frequently at smaller tracks where there are races every few days or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the national statistic is, like, 1.5 to 2 horses per 1,000 starts. Um, so, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a lot that way, but then you add up how many horses actually start, and, like I said, it's, you're at 25 or whatever, 26 now. So... So what I'd like to know, though, is like, we're, it's great that, that this many horses died this year, but like, how does that compare to previous years and, and all that? Because all we hear about is this year. Well, yeah, that's what I, I said. And in a typical year, it'd probably be like 18 right now. So it's like a, a couple standard deviations above normal. Or what lot of people like to say, a 50% increase. Sure. Yes. I mean, standard deviations are really fun to talk about when we're, you know, analyzing... Um, I mean, insurance. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's yeah. What's crazy is that's where the Breeders' Cup is this year, which I think probably Tony even knows that that's. Bob would consider that to be the best horse racing weekend of the year, right? Correct. Correct. Tony and, 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 knows. and Tony does not know. <laughs> I oh, I just figured you'd know Tony just by your lifelong association with Bob. I'm pretty sure it's, Tony knows nothing about horse racing. He knew Canterbury Park, but that's because it's in his backyard. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know the big three. Belmont. Well, well so here's what I want to know, guys, and I, uh, you know, I, I, I totally think that the U.S. horse racing industry has too many deaths compared to the rest of the world. But what I want to know is, from from the general public's point of view. Why is it an outrage that, you know, 26 horses have died at Santa Anita, but you think about the number of other animals that we kill to eat or that get killed in <laughs> humane society? No, this is a serious question. What, what, is, what makes horses different to the member of the general public? I mean, 
If you're, I'll, I'll answer that because one goes for sustenance, the other one goes for pure sport. Well, I, I mean, that, that's not really, not necessarily true because horses are used to make a lot of other products. What about like all the pets, all the dogs and cats that get put down? That should be a far bigger outrage. The sheer numbers of those animals that get put down. I th- than horses. I think Santa Anita or whatever should come out with that statistic. Like, yeah, I know this looks bad, but uh, <laughs> 340,000 dogs were put down last night, well, last, I mean, last year. I, I know, you could never say that because people would be like, oh, you're fucking pointing the finger at somebody else. But I mean, in reality, animals are dying. So so this is what this, what this amounts to is like the debate of, of, you know, airline accidents compared to car accidents is what we're talking about here. Um, That's not even the case because Bob's not talking about accidents in another sporting event. Bob's talking about killing animals for food, which is something. Here, let me let me say sure. this. I agree with Bob. Knows that I am with him and I support the horse racing. And I'm not. And I voted against the stupid greyhound ban that went into effect in Florida. But that being said, the level of whataboutism coming from Bob is really <laughs> great right now. Well, no, I mean, I I feel like there's. I'm trying to make the equivalency, like we're comparing the WNBA to like different forms of men's basketball, right? So why is it that there's this like, and I guess I like it because I like horses. I mean, and, and there are too many horses that die, but it's just, it's interesting that, you know, 26 horses die for sport, hundreds of thousands or whatever the number of other animals die for well, obviously sustenance, but also... I mean, I think we get the pets. point, Bob. Let's not repeat it. We get the point. That's fair. <laughs> you haven't answered the question, though. I, I think it's the same, and I think this is the, the same question? problem that we have with air accidents and car accidents. Obviously, we're not talking about sports, but it's the same thing. There's a lot more spectacle and a lot more... Uh, it's a lot less frequent, so it's a lot more interesting, I suppose. I don't know why it's interesting, but people seem to gravitate towards the, 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 the least... Um, occurring event as opposed to the more common event, which is the the car accident, in, in, in your analogy or my analogy, which would be the the dogs and cats being killed. Okay. Okay. Bob, if this if this wasn't Santa Anita, if this was something like like Louisiana Downs or Mountaineer or some other place, would that track be shut down for the uh, until they like completely redo? No, I mean it's, no. It's, <laughs> it'd be it'd be it'd be hushed under. They would. It wouldn't be news guys, because it wouldn't be in California. Much, it's pretty much business as usual. I mean, it's you know those guys depend on the five thousand dollar claimer races. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if yeah, that's the thing. If we're being real, a lot of those tracks should just be shut down, like entirely, more or less. Um, and Santa Anita should continue, right? But yeah, yeah. All right, that's all I got, guys. I'm going to bed.